Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast. Out West is Adam Stanko. It is the Tuesday edition. On Thursday, we go ISO. This week, TBD. But go back. Last week, Brendan Haywood was awesome. Stories about David Blatt's hand shaking in the huddle so much, he had to hand the clipboard over to Larry Drew to draw plays. What it was like playing with LeBron. What it was like playing with Jordan. Mm. Go back and listen. Brendan Haywood going ISO, rejecting the screen. Coming up, the NBA battle with coronavirus and a mad dash to the airport. But first, Adam, MVP. This was Giannis's MVP to lose. And right now, it seems like, depending on what's going on with the injury, he might lose it to LeBron. But before we get really deep into the numbers, I'm just simply excited for a close MVP race. Because I think yeah. most think that the Westbrook-Harden was close, but it wasn't. If you go back over the past 15 years, it's only happened a few times. And the last time it happened where there was a voting difference of 20 first place votes, even even just 20, or even really 40, go back to 2005, Nash and Shaq. That was the last time we had a true close race when it came to first place votes, Nash had 65 that year, Shaq had 58. It's interesting because most of the time the MVP voting is manufactured. At least the the perception of the MVP race, I should say, is is manufactured. People want it to be a close race. And so they throw other candidates in there when we know that's not really the case. And this year, I think the way you phrased it was it was Giannis's to lose, and now he might lose it, whereas I almost look at it like it was Giannis's to lose, and somehow LeBron is snatching it. I, it's been incredible as yeah, to what point. he's doing, and I think we're both in, on the same page there. You know, I'm looking at these numbers, and I don't even know how you decipher between the two of them. So you look at Giannis, over 29 points a game, 13 boards, five assists. So I say, okay, who's done that in history, 29, 13, and five? There have been four seasons. Wilt had two of them. Elgin had one. And Giannis now doing it. So then I go, okay, what about LeBron? 25 points, 10 assists. I'm sorry. And uh, seven rebounds. How many times has that happened in NBA history? Eight times. Oscar, four of them. Westbrook, two. Harden, one. LeBron doing it. However, LeBron has the worst win shares of all, all the guys that have done that. And if you go down the list with the advanced metrics on these guys, Giannis has a better PER. He has better defensive win shares, win shares overall, box plus minus, and higher usage rate. And then you look at what the Bucks have done on this historic pace, which was historic in all-time NBA circles, and now just historic for Bucks seasons because things have started to cool off somewhat. It's... It's really remarkable. And and then the final point on this is probably, well, when you're looking at MVP, it's if you take these guys off their teams, what do they turn into? And it's weird because you, I can't imagine one single player doing more for their team than Giannis has done for the Bucks this year, both offensively and defensively. However, the same thing could probably be applied in terms of what the Lakers look like energy-wise, what LeBron's done down the stretch in games, just how this team gravitates towards him. 
and the fact that he is just supercharged right now, and he is playing at a level that is just so high. So I really don't know. I thought for sure it was Giannis's. It wasn't going to be anyone close, at least over the last month, let's say. And now, I don't know. I'm. I, it's a toss-up to me. It's a toss-up. But I don't think that the conversation should be what it has become. The Well, if you think Giannis is the MVP, then you don't have respect for LeBron. Or if you think LeBron should be MVP, yes. you're somehow yes. disrespecting Giannis, which is just which is just silly. So in the Nash Shaq 05, how close that was, no one was disrespecting Shaq. In 03, was KG being slighted when Tim Duncan won MVP and 17 first place votes separated those two or the year before when Duncan won MVP and 12 votes separated Duncan and Jason Kidd? So back in 2012, I remember writing for Huffington Post, don't take LeBron for granted, 2012. So here he is now in 2017, and that is being brought up again. LeBron, it's in his 17th year, 35 years old. Father time catches up to everybody except LeBron. And I've said this so many times. LeBron is father time. There is no father time catching up to LeBron. LeBron James is father time. And it's not like he hasn't won the MVP before. He's won it four times. He's won two sets of back-to-back MVPs. So this isn't where you think LeBron's place is in history. In his rookie year, he finished ninth. In his second year, he finished sixth. Until last year, when he finished outside the top five, I think he was 11th, he's won four MVPs, three second-place finishes, three third-place finishes, two fourth-place finishes, and a fifth-place finish. So all those years, he's finished in the top five. And in the years that he won, okay, he blew out the competition. So when he won it his first year, he won 109 of 121 first-place votes. Second year, 116 out of 123 first-place votes. He, in his, the third time he won it, he had 85 first-place votes. KD had 24. And then he, of course, should have won the unanimous MVP in 13, but Gary Washburn voted for, Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe voted for Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron got 120 out of the 121. So this isn't, this cannot be a disrespect thing. LeBron right now, why is, the question that I have is, why is March, these four games in March, more significant than what Giannis has done earlier in the season. And the injury could change all sorts of things now. But it's not like Giannis has been a slouch in March either. So LeBron in March, just box score numbers, like 38 and a half and 11 assists, 56% shooting, a defensive rating of 101 in 35 minutes. Giannis in March, 29 points, 14 and a half, five assists, 48% shooting in 32 minutes. Giannis's defensive rating for the season is 96 so we're we not, we not counting defense into this, that Giannis has been locked down on that side. Giannis's right. numbers have been up most this season from an MVP year. Sure, you want to look at it in a, in a vacuum, but he's been up from last year. And LeBron right now is playing with his best teammate ever in Anthony Davis. I thought for years that it couldn't be one of the Warriors to win MVP because, well, Steph had Clay or Clay had Steph and KD was there too. So why aren't we saying that now with LeBron playing with the best teammate that he's ever had? That's why it's complicated. Noah, for all those reasons, I think it's weird because all this other stuff starts to leak into the conversation, as you point out. I mean, the, and and the two biggies that that I take away from that one, Giannis, last year compared to this year, which you say that stuff shouldn't be a part of it, right? If we're talking about who is the most valuable player in the NBA this season, 
It's not a lifetime achievement award. It's not, did you improve on last year when you were MVP? Then you can't factor that in. And same thing for LeBron. A lot of people saying, look what LeBron's doing at his age. His age is something I want to go into in a moment. But as per it pertains to the the NBA MVP race for this year, I don't care how old he is. I don't care if we're talking about him being 19 or 35. It doesn't matter. What he's doing is remarkable. There's no disrespect. The bottom line is, though, his age and how high of a level he's playing at his age has nothing to do with whether he should be the MVP. What he's done on the court, his productivity, for sure. And as as it relates to his age, and we can go more into this in the in the second segment because I think it is an interesting discussion. As it relates to his age, though, uh, it's remarkable to see how much his game has evolved. And that's the thing that's truly incredible. You talk about all those MVP seasons, or even you say in 2012, we shouldn't take him for granted. Uh, go back and check out Noah's piece in the Huffington Post. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, but I, I will say that you look at him now and just how physically imposing he is, how strong he is. He really does look like what they compared him to years ago, like Carl Malone, but moving at the speed that he does. But then you look and say this is his best assist year of his career, and it's just incredible that he's turned himself into Carl Malone, the point guard, LeBron, which is just unfathomable. I want to continue this conversation with the national TV schedule and how that's going to impact the MVP race. Plus, why isn't every NBA player sick all year round? If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you might not know that Locked On Magic is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Orlando Magic fans. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. So not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. And if your company wants to connect with Orlando Magic fans, Oklahoma City Thunder fans, Laker fans, Clipper fans, Heat fans, and a predominantly male audience, well-educated, disposable income, then let's put your company right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local fans love to support local businesses, so just text the word advertising to 33777-3377 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. And we'll get our team to help you achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising 33777, advertising to 33777, or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. And we look forward to hearing from you. Well, let's spend another minute or two on the MVP conversation with the national TV schedule. It's a shame for Giannis because the Bucks have Boston in Milwaukee on TNT on Thursday. And despite how much the digital numbers are up for the NBA and league pass numbers are up for the NBA. When it's a national TV game, the conversation is that much more heightened. And we saw it with LeBron and we, and we've seen it with LeBron recently. And then Saturday, the 14th against golden state on ABC, that's just not the same golden state team. So for Giannis, really, he's got the rockets on March 25th on ESPN Toronto. It just doesn't have the same buzz on April 1st on ESPN The biggest one he's got, the two of them, are at Boston on April 5th and at Philly on April 7th. But it's a stretch of playing at Luka and KP on March 29th, then home for Toronto on the 1st, at Toronto on the 3rd, at Boston on the 5th, at Philly on the 7th. 
So depending on where the, the Bucks are, if they wrapped up the, the top spot already, I think that could be the stretch where Giannis could then retake the MVP race. For LeBron, on the national TV schedule, on Thursday, he's got Houston. On Sunday, he's got Denver. Both those games are on ESPN. Wednesday, the 18th, on ESPN against Utah. And then he's going to have to wait a bit in order to get that national TV audience back, really, until the Clippers game on April 9th. And the cool part about this, Noah, is you know that both of them want the MVP. I I know oh, that yeah. they're they're very concerned with team success. and certainly. What's, what's also interesting is that both of them realize that their team success runs hand in hand with, with the MVP. So it's not like they're, they're separate from each other. What Giannis is doing on the defensive end, what he's doing for this team offensively every night, the Bucs don't win if Giannis doesn't come to play. And so, and so there's that. And one stat that I thought was really interesting is I really started to dig into the numbers. I'm, so, you know, I'm curious as to double doubles on the road. Just just double-doubles on the road, because how difficult is that, right? Just just to pull that off. Um, and Giannis has 29 of them, 16 with at least 30 points. So 16, 30-point double-doubles on the road. But he's 23-6 and six in those games. Or the Bucs are 23-6 and six in those games. LeBron... 23 double doubles on the road, eight of them with at least 30 points. So he's 19 and four in those games. So, but what I was fascinated by 23 road wins for Giannis in which he had a, a double double. Uh, I, I think that is just remarkable. And that's almost like one singular stat that I'm going to look at this year. And I know that's breaking it down, maybe oversimplifying it, but I just think having a double double on the road is is so difficult but especially when you're so valuable to your team and it's resulting in a win um that's the, the only way to measure it and because of the way the west is better than the east and so it's tough to look at their records because as you mentioned lebron has the better team uh this thing is just so tricky to figure out but i know there's fans of of both guys and and we are certainly fans of both of them i don't know where this thing is going to end up all right, let's roll on to the coronavirus as NBA teams and the league are in full-on planning mode for this. So a few years ago on NBA radio, way. yeah, sure, there's, there's no easy one. A few years ago on NBA radio, I, I got laughed at. I think it's actually amazing that every single player in the league doesn't get sick at some point during the season for long periods of time. I know immune systems are heightened and that much more spectacular in NBA players because of their physical fitness. But think about it. So the ball itself is filthy. The floor is yep. dirty. Guys are constantly yep. licking their fingers and then wiping them on the bottom of their shoes and then licking them again. Officials, before games start, hock loogies on, their, on the basketball and then rub it all over to get, tacky, to get it tackier. Why hasn't there been something else developed in order to make sure that the ball is tackier than someone spitting all over it? Then you're rubbing up against guys who are profusely sweating all the time. And then now with coronavirus saying, don't touch your eyes, don't touch your face. You ever notice why a lot of NBA players don't have very good skin? Well, it's because they're sweating all the time and then they're touching their face all the time and their hands are disgusting. So not taking a pen, I understand certain measures and you can't just completely change your life and completely change how you, how you do things. But 
how much is it going to help? I mean, I guess you do anything uh, if you're just going to keep playing. I guess you do everything that you can. So, yeah, sure, why not? But I, I think it's kind of funny that, like, you don't take a pen from a from a from a fan seeking an autograph or don't slap fives. I, oh yeah, I get it. But maybe we should be having a conversation about everything else that goes on in the sport and how to get guys healthier. But maybe there aren't any answers there either. It's true. And then there's the wonder too that you know how much does this actually help guys because we don't see NBA players sick. So you know, how much is this building up in an immunity? I mean, as you point out, it's it's crazy. If you're a germaphobe, basketball is the wrong sport for you. I will I will say that right now. Um, we've all played on many dirty floors. I I spit on my hands and and try to get some uh, traction with the ball for sure. Uh, germs do not bother me, but I have on this this particular point. I have just this week spoken to the former NBA head coach. Uh, played in the league and said, hey, what, what are you making of this idea that the teams might not be playing um, in front of fans? And he said, well, what about the players themselves? Like, how much of an insult is that to the players? Like, you don't want these other people in the arena getting sick or infecting the, you know, each other and, and the liability there. But if you're still expecting these players to travel and then play in these games, what is it saying to to the players themselves? And we already heard LeBron come out and say he doesn't well, want to play in front of fans. Stupid. Of course. I mean, which, he's gonna he's gonna play. It's this is uh, of it's, course it's, of, it's all it's all time LeBron PR right there. Of course it is. But here's the other but here's the the issue that with LeBron making that statement is that it's then easier for others to follow suit. And so whether LeBron, of course, indeed is yeah, but, he, but, the league, but then the league says, and the teams can say, uh, your contract doesn't say anything about, well, yeah, and you don't have to play when there aren't fans there. Right. I mean, come on. Right. That's absurd. And, and but look, like, and, like you, can, you can't just, you can't quarantine, you can't expect the players to play and then quarantine and then not quarantine them elsewhere. But I think, I think that it goes to, to the point of, you as a team, you have more control over your players of where they of where they are. Like with the fans, you don't. You don't know who the fans have come in contact with, but with the players themselves, you do. You uh, you know, to a greater sense, you have a greater sense of control. You have their own planes. They're not they're not as exposed to the general public as everybody else is. That's a, it's listen. It's an excellent point. And and the other thing, when you think about the financial implications. They don't play these games. Then there's TV rights deals where the big money is that comes into play. Whereas, you know, not having fans in an arena for a few games over a couple weeks span. I mean, the weirdest part about this would be if this actually does play out this way and we see NBA games without fans in the arena, it'll be fascinating to see what this how teams perform in those settings i mean it's all it's it, all it'll it's, be it's real wild. i mean you're out you're out there in san francisco where you know aside from seattle there this is the the largest area for for an outbreak i mean this is this is real i got i got asked over the weekend like hey you're gonna when i was calling a game are you gonna make any coronavirus jokes and i was like uh no people are dying and we haven't even seen the real testing or the real real numbers in terms of how many folks are infected. And we're seeing the fatality rates for, for the elderly. I mean, this is 
it's a serious problem. And even if you think that somehow you're going to be okay, then people who are sick around you or people that are older around you are not. And as this thing continues to explode and all the numbers indicate that it, that it will, um, yes, there are going to be changes how we are living everyday life, maybe for the next month. Who knows? I, I don't know. Who knows how long this will go on for until they figure it out. But in the meantime, it'll be fascinating. And it's, it's as with every major issue that we face, Noah, it's, it's weird because we, we put it in a basketball perspective, but at the same time, these are real life events. And obviously yeah. you and I talk about all the time. We don't need this stuff to put life into perspective. No. No. All right. Coming up next, lighten things up a little bit. Open gym. Before we get into what we're most looking forward to on the NBA schedule and the NBA draft prospect matchup to watch with conference tournaments going on this week. Daylight savings on Saturday. So I was in, I was calling a game on stadium, UTSA, Texas San Antonio was playing Marshall in San Antonio on Saturday. So I did that game and I had a 5 a.m. flight Sunday morning. And that's when you got to spring the clocks forward. So I set my phone alarm mm. because the phone will switch. So I set the phone alarm for 2.50 a.m. So at 2 a.m., it would switch and I'd be fine. It, it's like you're not, you don't have to do math when you're setting an alarm. And as always, for early wake-up calls, I, for early wake-ups, I'd get a wake-up call. So I called downstairs and the guy said, this was at like 10.30 at night. I said, all right, I need it for 2.50 a.m. He said, oh, man, and the clocks are moving forward. All right, he said, do you want a follow-up call? I said, yes. I said, at, at 2.52 would be great. So my alarm goes off and the phone rings same time, 3.50. It's 3.50. I'm like, whoa, 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 what is going on here? And I Google, what time is it? Because I'm all confused. Yeah. And it says 3.50. My God, jeez. So I'd packed the night before. I usually shower in the morning, especially before a flight. But I wash my face, brush my teeth. It is at 3.50. My flight's at 5. I'm in a car at 4.02. I'm at the airport at 4.20. I'm at my gate at 4.28. Board the flight at 4.30. And I'm good. And I sat down on the plane after I wiped it down with the antibacterial wipe. And I just thought to myself, what what just happened? But how does that happen? That you set your alarm... On your phone, and it's not like it's a some. It's not like it's the Motorola Razor from 1962. <laughs> I mean, this is it's an iPhone. So how we does don't that know. Happen? So we don't know how it happened. Then you're telling me. I don't know. I don't know. And did you did you have words with the the? I didn't have time to have front words. desk. I didn't have time. There's always time to have words. Someone at the front desk. It's a snippy comment that you can get off. Oh, something, goodness. Noah. Well, you know, I still I'm haven't not. gotten, I'm trying to submit my expenses, but I still haven't gotten the receipt. So I'm thinking about calling and say, oh, is your, is your, re- is your receipt delivery on the same timetable as your wake up calls? <laughs> my goodness. Oh, All right. What do you oh, got? What man. are you most looking forward well, to this made week? It. College troops. You got a busy week coming up. Oh, it's uh yeah, really busy week. I would say shockingly, Arizona is playing in the, Pac-12 tournament on the in the opening round, which mm-hmm. just doesn't happen. They don't play in the first round. They're always one of the top four seeds, but they were the fifth seed. 
this regular season. So the matchup they have to start is against Washington. And I know I've mentioned some of these guys, but playing in this game, in a first-round game in the Pac-12 tournament, five freshmen who we could see in the in the first round of the NBA draft. So first round of the Pac-12 tournament, first round of the NBA draft for Arizona, the three freshmen are Nico Mannion, Josh Green, and Zeke Naji, who's catching a lot of buzz as a big man. We talked to uh, Matt Babcock and Babcock Hoops about him. And then for Washington, uh, Jade McDaniels and – and Isaiah Stewart, who came in with high expectations, Stewart has had a wonderful year, and McDaniel's really started to play well down the stretch here. So I'm really excited about that matchup. Five NBA first-round prospects on the floor, all freshmen, and they're playing in the opening round of the Pac-12 tournament. All right, college troops, I'm in Frisco, Texas, for the Conference USA tournament, calling a bunch of games for Stadium on Thursday and Friday. On the hoops, on the NBA side of things, I'm looking forward to, as we record this on Monday, comes out Tuesday. Tuesday night is Boston and Indiana. Boston coming off that crazy wild one on Sunday against OKC. Wednesday, great one out west. ESPN's got Denver, Dallas, New Orleans, Sacramento, Utah, OKC. So three games that are must-watches. Thursday's TNT doubleheader, Boston, Milwaukee. If Milwaukee can beat Boston without Mm. Giannis... The game's in Milwaukee, then that that changes a conversation in the Eastern Conference. And then the Rockets and the Lakers. So you know, I mean, the Rockets got blown out by Orlando on on Sunday. Orlando, by the way, said the top offense in the in the NBA over the past 12 games. And then Memphis and Portland as we continue to watch that eighth spot in the Western Conference. So there's a whole lot to look forward to out west, especially in that in that eighth spot. All right, so you can go back and listen to all the going ISO editions of the podcast since on Thursdays, they're all evergreen. Go back and listen to those conversations. Brendan Haywood, great stories. Ryan Russillo, Peter Vesey, Sam Mitchell, just stories that you're not going to get anywhere else. And then make sure you're listening to everything else going on on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, 30 teams every single day, a 25, 30-minute conversation about that team specifically. Also, Hollinger and Duncan on Mondays, Locked On Fantasy Hoops. With Josh Lloyd, Giannis out as the fantasy playoffs start. So listen to Locked On Fantasy Hoops and then also the Locked On NBA five days a week. The national program here on Locked On. Damn, you are good, Noah. I just also want to throw one more thing in. Um, Ed Fang, friend of the podcast. Who, yeah. Excellent analytics uh, mind. He has he has a, a podcast, the the Football Analytics Show by the power rank and ed fang i recently uh, appeared on his podcast to talk about the ncaa tournament and uh the teams that could potentially win that thing so um check it out football analytics show by the power rank and ed fang switched over to basketball for at least the episode i did i know he's doing some really cool stuff on march madness so for any of the hoop heads doing stuff as they prepare their brackets check that out and uh, as always, Noah, I, I greatly appreciate you and uh, what you bring to the table. You, you never take a day off, my friend. Trying not to. Well, actually, You're- I am trying to. I just don't. That wraps up this edition of Rejecting the Screen. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Adam, thanks, pal. Tell your smart device to change the clock. You're the best.